When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All quiet on the Western Front is over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps Theater. My name is Grace. This is our daily Best Picture nominee a special series pod where each day we highlight a film that has been nominated for an Academy Award in the Best Picture category. Of course, my name is Grace, uh, co-host Ariel, unavailable to join us today, but that's all right. We have a, a wonderful guest from the podcast. There will be Pod, a movie podcast from 32 fans. It's John. John, how are you doing? Good. Uh, how are you, Grace? Thanks so much for having me on. I am good. I'm excited to chat about this international feature that's been nominated for Best Picture. A little bit of a surprise in terms of a, a, a nominee, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of, I think you can point to a lot of, you know, uh, reasons why maybe we shouldn't be as surprised, but it did seem like it flew under the radar for a really long time um, and then kind of picked up some steam as the nominations got close and even some more since the nominations have been announced. Yes. Um, so we'll dive into it. Just a reminder, make sure you're subscribed. PostureRecaps.com slash movies to subscribe to our feeds. You won't miss uh, any of our daily uh, Oscar, uh, the daily Oscar series and any of our usual coverage. Um, Can okay. I just say something yeah. real quick? Yeah. So I, I just wanted to say I'm like really excited to be on a podcast that opens with blank is over, but we're just getting started. Oh, because... Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course. I've yes. been listening to that intro for a really long time. So uh, really cool. <laughs> Very fun. Uh, yeah, it is. It is cool. Yeah. Um, 
All right. So all quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's surprised maybe we shouldn't have been as surprised. Uh, it's a movie that uh, premiered at TIFF in September and then dropped in uh, on Netflix uh, uh, in October, I believe. And yeah, I felt like uh was sort of critically pretty uh, well received when it dropped, but I don't know that it had sort of this uh, like Oscar you know, nomination. And it does just feel like uh, it had a really good uh, uh, promotional uh, time where, mm -hmm. yeah. And it, it started to sort of sound like it was getting buzz as something that, that could get nominated. Uh, I, I was hearing that sort of in the weeks leading up to uh, as sort of the nominations were open. And then I feel like by the time the, the nominations came out, it wasn't a super surprise that it got nominated. Uh, if you were sort of like following it, but uh, uh, I think was for other people who this might have been a film that sort of like was not on their on their radar. Mm -hmm. um, I love this film. I think it's like very, very good. I rewatched it uh, uh, in preparation for the podcast and it's quite harrowing. Like a lot. Yeah. So much of this movie is just like in the trenches fighting. He's so uh, dirty. And and uh, but and uh, obviously based on the book and then there was a movie uh, and then I, like a, I think a German movie originally and then an American movie and now um, this remake. So, um, but uh, what are your thoughts on this movie, John? So uh, I'm a little bit more conflicted on the movie. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it's interesting. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some of the reasons why maybe we shouldn't have been surprised that it got nominated. Um, and I do think that like you trying to place it within like what's happening right now and the zeitgeist, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, I like to do that for all these movies. Um, and some of them are more obvious than others. I think it's interesting that this movie comes out the same year that, you know, the first land war in Europe breaks out um, within, yes. you know, 70 years or something like that. Like yeah. that to me is really interesting. Yeah. Um, there was uh there. Uh, I, I heard um, it's uh, uh, David Cronenberg was talking about with infinity pool and infinity book come out. And he's like, it's a total coincidence that there's this many like capitalism movies all happening at once. <laughs> like not, not from like what's happening in society, but the fact that they all sort of like in 2022, early 2023, all sort of, you know, uh, in terms of movies, we obviously have a uh, triangle of sadness, which is also nominated. We had infinity pool and, and there was yeah. the white Lotus and their succession. Like it does make sense like in our culture that happened the idea that like everybody's trying to make these movies all what is is a bit of a coincidence and i think the same thing here that like you know obviously this movie would have been well into production by the sure. time uh, uh russia invades ukraine but yeah very timely that it that it does have like the the, the brutality of war uh a war that happens basically a hundred years ago yeah. uh uh with uh the start of a of a war uh in europe that is very fascinating john yeah point. the response yeah. is we'll say fortuitous for netflix yes. um you know like in in the sense that like that was something that people could lash on to this film i think in a way um and i think that the netflix of it all was definitely a factor too where for the past five or six years or so they've had like a really clear kind of big movie to push for Oscars from Roma to Power yeah. of the Dog last year. And I felt like this year coming in, it was, it seemed like a little odd. Like there was blonde, the, uh, uh yeah, blonde. Yeah. yeah, they're definitely that blonde definitely happened. Uh, Anna, it, it was, was a, it was a movie one. that like you yeah. could have watched on Netflix, um, but uh, hopefully didn't. Um, but I felt like coming into the year that was like maybe a Netflix movie that was gonna be like awards buzzy. Um, Glass Onion was another one that like you know you could have imagined maybe them I, wanting to like kind of push a little bit. I think Glass Onion probably is like in that like you know if we were nominating fifteen films, yeah. Glass Onion is probably there. And not that I want them to nominate fifteen films, but. Uh, no, no, no. We already have ten. Yeah, I think it's probably right. I think it's probably right on the bubble. I, I think it was in. It was like up there in the power rankings. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably was. I would think so. Um, and that another one that fits into the capitalism um theme that yes. we talked about. Yes. Um, but I think that ultimately this one just made a lot of sense and kind of came along at the right time. 
um, and uh, is maybe having more of a moment than it would have if it came out last year or it would if it comes out in 2023, potentially, depending on what we see. So um, it worked out for this movie. I don't think that it's totally worthy. I, I'll, I'll, I guess we can talk a little bit some of the reasons why I have a hang up about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't read the book. I wanted yeah. to just preface that. Um, I uh-huh. haven't read the novel, uh, All Fire on the Western Front. I did see the um, original movie that came out, I think, in 1930, which won Best Picture. Yes. Uh, I think it was like the third or the fourth movie that ever won Best Picture. So like very early in Oscar history. It has a long legacy. Um and uh, I saw that in college. I don't really remember all that much about it. I don't remember mm-hmm. being like especially fond of it um, and uh-huh. haven't thought about it too much. Uh-huh. Um, this movie um, obviously, uh, uh, you know, has a lot more going on uh, from a technical perspective because of the advancements of uh, technology over a hundred years almost. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, it also took a lot of. I think I don't want to say liberties, but like there's stuff in this mo- movie that wasn't in the original movie and wasn't in the book. Um, specifically referring to like the plot following the kind of higher up German right. um, kind of politician-y type characters trying to bring the war the, to an end. The Daniel Brühl storyline. Yes. Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. Marvel. Yeah. I, I, I love Daniel Brühl. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't find this stuff to be especially helpful from both like a dramatic perspective and a thematic perspective. And I felt like that held the film back. Whereas the, you know, you're there in the trenches with kind of these young men who are uh, totally not prepared for what, you know, is facing them is really, as you said, harrowing and, uh, you know, compelling and really beautifully uh, depicted from a, you know, uh, cinematography, the sound design, et cetera, perspective. So it re- it's kind of like a film of two halves. And I feel like, um you know, it kind of maybe bounces out in the end for me. Whereas like, I recommend people watch this movie, but I don't feel like it has the impact that maybe it could have, if it focused more on just those characters. My, my uh, interpretation is less so about a tale of two halves and feeling like the movie is really bookmarked strongly. And Mm -hmm. that the middle probably sort of sags a a little bit in terms of my, uh, my rewatching of, of the movie. I definitely feel like uh, the, the opening sort of sequence of these kids and how excited they are to go to war. And, you know, I have to remember this is like, you know, the first, uh, World War. As uh, I'll shout out my our, my co-host Ariel, who I'll remind that this was the Great War at the time, yeah. uh, not right. World War One. <laughs> why would they name it uh, that? And yeah, uh, there, change later. <laughs> yeah, there is this like wonderful sort of like in terms of how it's depicted of the sort of youthfulness and vigor and like that the propaganda, uh, you know, um, influence to go to go to war to happily sign up for war, which we'll talk a lot more about. Um, because both of our moments sort of highlight uh, of that um, with this like looming score. This is a, a, a movie in terms of that did get um, nominated for best original uh, score um, that, it's I think great. that that I loved it. I love the score. Yeah. Whatever the instrument that they're using that just has this like, like chiming, like dreading, you know, uh, sound that's just like looming over them is so good. Uh, specifically uh, we'll, we'll get into that in, in our memorable moment section, but so all of that, and then with the actual, like, basically, like, all of the stuff that happens when they're first in war and as they're realizing, like, 
oh my God, this is awful. This is terrible. As Paul sort of first encounters the death of his friends, uh, mm-hmm. um, his one uh, colleague who he finds in the morning, he steps on his glasses and turns him over and mm-hmm. his leg has been blown off and he's dead. Like all of this, like I thought was like visually like stunning, especially for a thing that like, you know, there's been a lot of war movies that have been made. You know, it's, I think it's like, you know, uh, you know, the, the absolute uh, sort of like, uh, you know, horrific nature of war, I thought really worked. And then I thought that the end really worked this idea well especially when like um paul and um what's his what's his buddy's name he hangs out uh uh yeah (laughs) yeah i gotta i gotta pull this uh he's like a slightly older uh uh you know kind of um is it cat uh yeah i guess it would be cat yeah uh yeah 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 cat uh their antics are like at the farm i th- like is really fun i think cool. uh and fun you know but yeah. and also horrific yeah like them sort of being like stranded sure. you know at the while like everybody is assuming the war is ending and celebrating only for essentially after cat dies paul to be be told actually you know the, the armistice is at 11 we're gonna start we're gonna go kill as many frenchmen as we can uh, before before uh, at ten forty five, and this scene, and like the knowing that the war is going to end, and mm-hmm. yet Paul has to go back in, and he, this is where he de- he gets stabbed by the the Frenchman because he's just like killing as many people is like I think really strong. So I think she think like the beginning and the end of the movie for me are where there's like the 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 you know strongest set piece along, and I I think that if you look at the nominations, I said this about Tar that I think like if you look at sort of the things that Tar has been nominated for, I think gives it not the best chance to win, but I, but I can sort of like hmm. map out a, a path to victory in terms of like, it's like a best director, best uh, screenplay, um, uh, best uh, lead, you know, actress. Uh, there's like sort of this like totality to, to the things that make a really good movie. I think all quite on the Western front, in my opinion, is a very good movie, mm-hmm. but like the things it's, it's nominated for a bunch of things, but it's nominated for adapted screenplay, score, sound, production d- design, cinematography, makeup and hair selling, best visual effects. None of the like direct, director or acting performances which i do think makes sense because it's an international film but yeah. sort of are the reasons why like i think that it won't like um it won't quite uh for me map onto winning best best picture but but we'll get into into that but yeah i think that i think it bookends really well i think what what really for me like uplifts this film yeah and i think that you know the stuff that i talked about not necessarily uh connecting with as much the the brule of it all <laughs> good actor but that's the sort of segment of the story um is necessary to kind of put the stakes into the climax which you talked about and i think it is very like dramatic and emotionally you know because you have this connection this character that you followed now for more than two hours and seen what he's gone through um and you know to to put like almost a ticking clock on like you know him actually surviving this whole ordeal is really dramatically i think interesting and compelling um i think what i ended up sort of feeling a little bit i guess you could say turned off by from all that is that um you know obviously one of the big um influences on this movie is paths of glory the stanley kubrick movie which Mm -hmm. um i think you know is one of the best war movies ever made um and what that movie did i thought so well is you know also depicting world war one is showing that like War, yeah, war is hell is this big subgenre of movies, right? Yes. Where you know you're kind of following soldiers and um, seeing them struggle. Um, and you know some movies are better than others, but I think that like Paths of Glory does such a great job at showing like war is hell because 
we choose to go into it and sacrifice people. And it is like this, like sort of folly of human error um, that, uh, or cruelty or whatever you want to call it that like puts people in these positions. And Mm -hmm. I feel like this movie by kind of injecting this stuff and showing that like, Hey, there's actually good people on the other side, like trying to make this right, trying to do the right thing. And like, they're just sort of, you know, getting tripped up and having these, sort of issues with that because you know war as a if you want to call it like an organism is like uh so evil um i felt like it takes some of the like human choices out of the decision and i felt like for a while i'm watching this movie and i'm like does this like fit into the like kind of eat the rich rich genre that we've been talking about this year so much where it's just like look at what these people are making these you know poor young boys do by tricking them and putting them in this position and doing all these things to them and i felt like it like maybe steps on that a little bit by kind of showing the powerful people who are trying to fix it and not that those people i'm sure didn't exist but i felt like you know, for me, a more compelling message would have been like, you know, why do we constantly do this to ourselves instead of war as an abstract concept, kind of, you know, bringing its worst impulses onto us? Yeah, I guess uh, for, for me, I yeah, I, I don't super have a problem with the with the um, sort of the like higher up scenes, but they are definitely the least forgettable yeah. uh, for me. Only uh, saved by the fact that it is Daniel Brühl and uh, uh, my friend from uh, we're, re- yeah. we're re- rewatching Dark um, and uh, and the man who plays Aegon Tiedemann, uh, uh, the middle-aged Aegon Tiedemann, uh, plays one of the uh, the German officials as well. So I was like, oh, that's very fun to see him in here. But uh, <laughs> other than that, yeah, I feel like this stuff probably is the most forgettable. And, and to your point, maybe even like, you know, drags it down from being perhaps um like an all-time like a, great war movie really yeah yeah uh you know the, the, the you know this the scarf is a souvenir that keeps getting passed around is like the thing that goes from person yeah. to person i'm like yeah okay i don't know if that's from the book i also haven't read the book so this is know, also I like, like i i don't rem- I, I don't remember if that was in the older movie again you know not knowing much about the book but um another one of the influences that i picked up well i mean you could point to like a number of movies that kind of do something like this but um have you ever seen the the earrings of madame de no i have not that's no. a great movie from i want to say like the 40s and the 50s 53 it looks like yeah yeah Yeah. that sounds right yeah french director max olfels um and um it's following these earrings from uh, across you know time and space and it's just a wonderful movie and kind of doing something similar here um you can also point to like a war horse uh which is a world war one movie which does this in the form of a horse yeah um uh, probably less successfully but um uh but uh, that's very funny i was gonna say that there's uh there's two there's two movies that actually like uh that have now just like reminded me which uh I was actually going to say earlier when you're talking about how timely Netflix w- like kind of you know unfortunately at the expense of a war right, happening yeah, got lucky course. uh but one of the movies that's nominated for best documentary is A House Made of Splinters mm. if you check this out but it's actually I so I was very I was like kind of intrigued to watch it because I heard it was about uh these uh a, a Ukrainian orphanage of uh, uh that during war uh there'd be these orphanages set up because people obviously were separated from their parents and um and so i was very intrigued to watch it and then when i started it's like oh yeah of course this isn't from last year this is from 2014 with the invasion of crimea it's actually it's so Mm. they they, but then it's come out this year and then there at the end there's a title card that talks about how this is basically happening again i just heard of a a story in the news uh today the daily uh, a great podcast you know listen to it covered 
I believe it was the daily covered um, uh, that Russia is taking Ukrainian uh, uh, orphans essentially, or, mm. or even if they're not orphans, they're taking them, giving them Russian citizens in, putting them in foster homes in Russia and declaring that they are uh, ch children of the Russian state, uh, which is essentially a war crime. Uh, yeah. But but I'm like, oh, my God, it's like House of Made of Splinters. Like, I don't know if it's my favorite documentary, but I'm like, it's very timely uh, yeah. now. You know, I, like, uh, I feel bad that, like, yeah, they made this documentary in 2014, finally has been made, and then it's, like, unfortunately timely. Uh, yeah. And then as you're talking about Warhorse, I'm thinking of a movie that is uh, not like this at all uh it's eo uh which is yeah no uh, sure totally the international yeah. feature uh up against all quiet on the western front but it's about a donkey that keeps uh you know traveling in the hands of different europeans uh, yeah. very good film yeah i think we so, completed a pretty yeah. compelling movie ladder to uh yes. the title of That's another right. friend's podcast <laughs> yes they, just uh, yesterday's podcast uh was the, the folks from the movie ladder uh talking about elvis so oh, cool. yeah Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Römer Paul, Wiesengrund 53, geboren 18.11.99, korrekt? Jawohl, er offiziert. Hier, kann mein Vater stolz auf dich sein? Ja. Alles in Ordnung? Ja, möchte noch nicht loslegen. Abflug. Entschuldigung, die gehört schon wem? Ja, aber ihr wollt zu klein für den Kerl, ne? Da kommt ihr mal wieder vor. Hier, Mart J. Danke. All right, well, let's talk about our memorable moments from the film then. Um, uh, why, don't, why don't you go first? Uh, uh, we're you're talking about the scene where the um, the clothes are sort of repurposed. Uh, yeah, uh, so this... Yeah. 
this is super early in the movie um and and you sort of open with this like harrowing depiction of you know the front right um you know one take or close to it um title card comes up you know uh very dramatic events and then kind of like the aftermath right and you see a big pile of boots being you know assembled and um at one point a jacket is taken off of the character who we followed over this like short portion of the movie um and then you just sort of see the jacket go through it's like uh the Ophuls movie i mentioned mm-hmm. um it, it's moving from the front to you know the uh production whatever you want to call it um place where a woman who um sews off the uh the identifying details and uh they wash it um and uh, no dialogue through any of this it's all just kind of like mundane actions but they end up having like this really profound meaning later you know as the sequence goes on where we see the main characters you know after a short period they're kind of recruited and then they go into the office to get weighed and and all this other stuff and um the main character paul was pretty much where we meet him and he's given this uniform um by you know a higher up officer or whatever and um you know he notices that there's still like a tag with somebody's name on it and of course you know like oh this belonged to somebody's like no 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 it didn't it was uh too big for him so you know here i'll just take it off and drops it on the floor and uh here you go here's your uniform back and um i felt like watching that the first time and and i also rewatched the movie before we um had a chance to talk about it really stood out and kind of set the stage for what i wanted the movie to be which was again like this like look at what these these people are doing versus what these people are doing and there's people who know that like how this is going to go for you and they know all the details and there's the people who just don't um and they're not privileged to have that information i guess um and i thought that that was just like a really simple way of conveying that message um even though i don't think the film like follows through and pulls it off entirely i still feel like having a sequence like that in the movie is you know uh works in in that kind of thematic way um and tells a good story and is really kind of like just a, a heartbreaking moment to introduce you know a lead character in yeah, I think the scene is really powerful. I I think especially sort of like that it it doesn't um really explain what's happening as they're like chucking the boots. Like you you, you know, I wouldn't even yeah, I mm-hmm. wouldn't have even thought of that as a thing that yeah. was happening in the war that they would want to reuse all the stuff. Everything like, is useful, right? It has yeah, to be. it's so it's so wild, so powerful. It's sort of you you realize that they're like yeah cleaning everything to be reused and just this idea that like boots and jackets are more valuable than humans lives yeah and then and then yeah it culminates sort of this this theme with with paul uh walking to the front of the line so excited to get him and his buddy his he looks over and his buddy is holding like his pile of stuff and he's like so good he's like see you paul like i'll see you out there i got it like you know and then and then paul uh notices the tag um it's it already belongs to someone he says oh no it didn't fit it's really it's it, it is really powerful it's really uh it's really good and like yeah you know i again i haven't watched the original movie i haven't read the book so i don't know how much of this is in here but it's like it's it's really really good it's i mean yeah there's a reason this movie was shot for or sort of nominated for best cinematography because like yeah the scenes of them just like chucking boots and these women like cleaning like the mm-hmm. blood out of these like garments to like just reuse them and send more kids off to war is like absolutely chilling. Um, there were so many fun. like just really beautiful compositions in this movie. I thought mm-hmm. of like blood mixed with mud in like yeah. 
like ways that were grotesque but also kind of like weirdly picturesque and beautiful yeah. um and i found that you know for for all the technical awards that the movie is nominated for and some that it isn't um but i felt like the cinematography like stood out to me as like especially memorable and um noteworthy and from like i said the compositions right down to you know the way that um the the for very first scene is shot like on such an extended take I'm going to pick. I'm I'm picking the uh, a scene. There's many that I could have uh, picked. This is a, a tough one. We're editing the sort of audio. You have heard it into the podcast. Tough for a German film and yeah. a film where a lot of again I think like the power of this film is like how like the spectacle of it, the epic nature of it. Uh, which like uh, you know if I like if I could figure out how to edit in like the whole like literally like almost his entire like first battle sequence like I I would uh pretty much impossible uh to do. So I will instead go with kind of a similar uh, moment at least plays on similar themes to the moment that you had selected which is this moment when um they they uh, get um they're they're listening into this like epic speech uh about their role uh and that Germany is going to win the war and then all the way up to this moment where they are marching into battle for the first time and they are uh chanting and sort of like singing but at the same time it's playing um the score from the film which is sort of this like haunting sort of like i don't i don't even know how to describe it um but it's like just these chilling chimes that are playing over uh top of these like m these young men going into war as they're chanting and just have like bought into the propaganda this will be fine germany will win war is not that bad uh, it's you know it's it's a, a a you know a worthwhile cause to go and join uh, the german army uh, and just knowing that like we've already actually seen the we've actually seen already like in earlier in the film like, see what uh, happens we've seen what happens to these these men um and it's just again chilling horrific someone asked me on twitter recently they asked me what's the definition of a horror movie and so i said i feel mm. like it's like does a horror movie is designed to essentially like elicit fear or like you know to mm -hmm. be scared or like uh you know like disgust i think too you could fit into that and then yeah, they replied <laughs> and they said is all quiet on the western front a horror movie and I said, I think it is trying to elicit like fear and horror and disgust in us. So I think definitely there's lots of part. Like, why isn't it a horror film? I think like, oh, I think it's totally, yeah, it totally is. Um, and I have a very liberal definition of what a horror movie is too. Um, when the movie uh, Eighth Grade came out oh, um, yeah? a few years ago, I said yeah. I wrote that it was the best horror movie to come out in a decade, <laughs> uh -huh. and I think it totally is true. <laughs> Yeah, the horrors of like yeah, just being a young child. Yeah, yeah, of of like yeah. adolescent awkwardness and whatnot. Yeah. But um, yeah. but yeah, no, I think this definitely qualifies. I think the score helps in that matter for sure. Um, it, there's like a little Zimmer esque quality to it, but it's also yeah. not like such a rip off of Hans Zimmer, which I think a lot of other you know plenty of movies have done over the last ten years. So I, I appreciated that. I just loved it. I mean, this this film like is what it is. Like you, know, I think you go and tell Quan on the Western Front. I think, assuming you know that, like the idea is like 
yeah, the war was bad. The war was not good. You know, it's not yeah. it's not really this like heroic tale. Like, you know, it is. There's yeah. like, you know, I was looking up uh, more. I was looking up some of the this, this stuff and there's like there is some great lines. I think in here there's like um, my son was killed in the war. Like he doesn't feel any honor. This idea of like that, like you can like, you know, use propaganda uh, uh, against or what is so, what is a soldier without war is another line from the movie. Right. These mm -hmm. like the idea mm -hmm. of like using these young kids. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I think the idea of the soundtrack being overlaid, the score, this like, you know, that I, you know, being overlaid with like the kids chanting about how excited they are, like that they're mm -hmm. going to go kill uh, the allied power is like, it's, it's, it's awful. It's like, yeah, it's terrible. It's very it's something about us knowing more than the characters yeah. do that just like has this existential dread over everything. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, all right, well, let's shift to the segment, If It Won, John. Uh, I think I know the answer to, to this question, but the idea being, if at the end of the 95th Academy Awards, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front took home Best Picture, how would you feel? Interestingly, this movie did win Best Picture at the BAFTAs mm -hmm. recently. I It got nominated for a ton of stuff, pretty much everything it got nominated for. It could, it could mm -hmm. at the BAFTAs. Ended up taking home, which I thought was a little bit surprising, especially um, with like Banshees uh, up against it. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I thought maybe something a little bit more like uh, um, British uh, or, you know, uh, Irish could take them. But, but no, it, um, it went to All Quiet over Banshees, Everything Ever at Once, Tar and Elvis, which three of those four I could see winning. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I don't think Elvis is going to win. But uh, how would you yeah, feel sure. if All Quiet on the Western Front won Best Picture? Let's, let's say like mildly let down, but yeah. I try not to like take it too personally more. I think I used to, but I kind of got yeah. that out of my system at some point. Maybe it was Green Book that I kind of like, okay, I need to stop taking this up personally. <laughs> Green um, Book has been mentioned so many times on our daily Oscars. Uh, of like the, the thing that like nobody wants to happen ever again. It's like, yeah, well, sure. I mean, totally valid. But Don't um, Green Book it. Oscars. No, please don't. Yeah. No, I, I'm not going to feel that way if um, if this movie wins. But um, I think that like almost more than anything else, like Netflix has been trying to get an Oscar so hard for so long. And that was so funny last year. They had Power of the Dog, certainly the front runner going into last year's Oscar. And then somehow Coda like sort of pulls it out. And it's, it's not wild. Only, it's not only that it was Coda, but Coda also was bought by Apple TV. And so Apple exactly. TV it's like streaming wars. It's very funny. You can't yeah. say that there's a streaming bias anymore because they gave one to freaking Apple for <laughs> yeah. um but i do think that like you know if this is the movie that netflix finally wins for it's like maybe it's maybe it's perfect you know maybe it's perfect that after the power of the dog and roma and so you know other like really really great amazing movies that they've had that they've campaigned so hard for that didn't get there that it ends up being all quiet on the western front which is just like kind of down the middle you know fastball for the academy um and uh you know i think that that'll be fine i think it's cool it, it would be cool to see another um foreign language film win best picture after parasite like that was awesome um and i'd be excited in that respect for sure yeah i mean the interesting thing here uh i don't know if it's happening uh, maybe i'll try to do some research very quickly but uh this movie is nominated for best international uh feature and then also nominated for best picture none of the other international features are nominated uh uh th this year so it does seem like this is probably a lock to win best international uh, uh picture one of my favorite movies of the year i actually have a couple i, I really loved uh a close um not, mm. not a perfect film but uh, mm -hmm. a film a coming of age kind of lgbtq film certainly mm -hmm. speaks highly to me but i have to imagine all quiet on the western front does take home an award at least in the category of international uh, picture but i always think it's very funny like 
if it doesn't so say like Argentina 1985 beats it <laughs> and but then doesn't Argentina 1985 didn't get nominated for best picture what does that mean what how do I how do what is Argentina 1985 actually better than like, <laughs> like whatever actually wins not really I don't know I mean I, I I really don't know what to make of that that would be extra confusing I suspect somebody could probably better explain like the difference between bodies that nominate versus bodies that vote for winners um and i maybe there's some like differences there that would help explain it but um... <laughs> yeah well uh i mean i know uh in international uh, feature there was like one of sort of like the bigger what people were calling a snub was like that rrr did not get nominated but right. that's because I think this is a bad rule that uh, each country can only submit one film. I, and I don't know who gets to decide like, okay, I'm, I'm nominated for Belgium, you know, or like whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a bad, there's a board. Like I think in all these countries yeah. that do this or, yeah, I can't say speak for every country, but I know that there've been like some, let's call them mild controversies over the years of like, Oh, the French board chose this movie over that movie. Why'd they do that? Um, and I guess that's what happened here, but it does seem like an odd odd decision to say like okay everybody choose one and we're choosing from you know that like list of 150 yeah because yeah so rr does not get nominated because india picked a different film thinking that they potentially had a shot at getting nominated for best picture and sort of were like playing for like we could win twice like or like or whatever whatever the yeah. like play was seems to have been miscalculated but whatever just a very weird um situation but yeah i i think ultimately i would feel pretty disappointed i think if all quiet on the western front wins and it i think where that comes from for me is that while i certainly can appreciate what the film was i think something like everywhere all at once even in my head like banshees feels like a bit to me that like there are films that are doing things that we haven't actually done in film before yeah uh, i feel like everything ever wants is so revolutionary as a, as a as a film and an idea and and like what it me could mean to win i do feel like uh, winning best ensemble cast uh, i believe at the sag awards yeah. and the speech that was given about like 30 years ago this would never get made because like it would yeah. be made with white people essentially um i feel like really opens the door for everything ever all at once to 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 win and so it's not that i can't you know i appreciate all quiet being a great film but there are films that are doing th that feel just more 2023 even even though there is a war in europe um it does it, it, it like these these are films atar to me feels very like timely of the moment like it's commenting on like cancel culture and and our relationship with like kind of awful people and their ability to create amazing art and it's an interesting conversation that like yeah this is a great movie but like there have been great war movies before so happy for it to be nominated don't think i'd be super you know excited to end the night on all quiet winning I, and i that maybe it had a little bit of momentum after BAFTA, but I I don't really think that will pan out. I I think there's sort of everything ever at once in the pole position with a few other films that I think would be a surprise, but not as surprising as others. Yeah, it has to jump probably three or four titles at least. Yes, I think I think so. Um, all right, well, very fun. This is actually our first time talking about everything everywhere. Oh, sorry, not everything everywhere else. Sorry, all quiet <laughs> on the Western Front on uh, Post Show Recaps uh, Theater, the only one of the Best Picture uh, nominees that we did not have a previous standalone episode. So, John, thanks so much for coming on and chatting about it. This was awesome. Thanks so much, Grace. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, John, where can people find you and what are you up to? 
Sure. Yeah. Um, so I uh, am the co-host, as you mentioned, of There Will Be Pod uh, with Sammy Chester um, on 32 fans, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's, on, yeah. it's on like, you know, places where you download podcasts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I also co-host another movie podcast called It's the Pictures um, with uh, a film critic from Boston named Max Coville. Um, we talk, I would say, mostly about older movies, but not exclusively. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't have any social media. Um, I am in the 32 fans chat quite a bit. Um, I yeah. uh, am a uh, member of the Online Film Critics Society. I write about movies, uh, cool. not as much as I used to. Um, you can check out my archives if you're so inclined at johnlikesmovies.com. Cool. Uh, awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, John. Thank you. All right. Uh, I'm Grace. Ariel's not here. And this is Fisher. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.